Hello, hello. Welcome to a bonus episode of the No Presidium podcast. In just a couple of moments, you're going to hear the wonderful voice of Michael Anderson of ARGN.com, who uh, reached out uh, in our back channels and was like, want to do something about uh, the Batman movie ARG? And I was like, "Uh, yes. And here's actually the fun part. So when we recorded this a few days ago, uh, it was unclear as to whether or not it was all wrapped up. Well, as it turns out, you can still unmask the truth over at radaalada.com. There was a new drop this past Friday, and the game looks like it's going to go for just about the rest of next week. Some of this is tied into a comic book. They got Paul Dano to write a Riddler comic book that is in the movie continuity. I... I don't know what's going on anymore, but I kind of love it. Anyway, radaalada.com, R-A-T-A-A-L-A-D-A.com. Once again, radaalada.com, R-A-T-A-A-L-A-D-A, is where you will find the puzzles that are part of the conclusion of this. The current conclusion? I don't know. Everyone loves a comeback, after all. So, here we go. Uh, This episode, as you can tell, is about an hour long. Uh, We nerd out. So, warning, (laughs) it says the Batman on the tin, you know what you're in for. When that light goes on in the sky, it's not just a call, it's a warning. That warning is, it's Batman time, and we have Michael Anderson of argn.com here to talk to us about something everyone loves a little batman alternate reality game um which uh was set up for the batman starring robert pattinson zoe kravitz colin farrell paul dano and a whole bunch of other folks uh jeffrey wright uh how can i forget jeffrey wright as jim gordon uh and directed by matt reeves Michael, this is not the first time there has been an ARG for a Batman movie. No, and it, it's really tempting to just jump on this call and talk about why so serious for all of it. But uh, <laughs> it's been a little over 10 years since uh, The Dark Knight uh, debuted with Why So Serious, which was an alternate reality game that took place over time, over the course of a, over a year, actually, that was going through the phases of leading up to what's going to be happening in the movie, both in terms of establishing who are going to be those clowns who are breaking in at the beginning of the movie, as well as how did Harvey Dent get to where he was and what kind of corruption is going on in the city. It was a very uh, narratively heavy, narratively dense alternate reality game that did everything from sending people to pick up bowling balls with skulls inside of them to uh, going to bakeries and uh, calling a phone number and all of a sudden having a cake ringing at you. So, um, yeah, no, the, the uh, one of the challenges of going in with, oh my goodness, there was a new Batman ARG, is the Why So Serious ARG was so beloved and had so many of those really flashy moments that stuck at people's heads that... Um, it's it's a heady choice yeah i mean it's it in many ways it's it might even be like the last high water mark of the classic arg era like i can't think of i mean there have been plenty of args 
before and since, but when it comes to sort of mainstream awareness and people just losing their, everyone losing their minds uh, about one, uh, it, it really, it really comes around to, to Dark Knight. But this, this one uh, for the Batman, um, you know, there's a bit of a, a natural extension here because our villain is the Riddler. And uh, if anyone... <laughs> If any Batman villain was going to become an escape room designer uh, and maybe channel their instincts into something better than wanton destruction, it would have been the Riddler, but uh, apparently not this time. So t- take us through this one. Uh, starting off, is there is there a name for this one? Because why so serious was was Dark Knight? But uh, was this just is this one just called the Batman? Uh, well, and part of this is the fun of the community was really kind of latching on to uh, Twitter as the place to discuss this. So while there wasn't a formal name where everybody agreed on this is what it's called, um, uh, Rada Alada, uh, which is um, Spanish for uh, a flying rat, uh, is something that became adopted for the name because fairly soon on the uh, game, players would discover that the website rataalada.com was the center of the player experience. Right. Um, but just And just so everyone knows, we're going to go spoiler-free from the movie, at least for the first few minutes we're talking here. Right. Uh, and then we'll, at some point, hit the, hit the big spoiler button, and uh, those who haven't raced out to watch a three-hour-long Batman movie uh, can you know, <laughs> skip ahead to, to past the, this entire segment. But so, yeah, and, bring, and bring, us even, the, yeah bring us to the beginning, because there's already there's already stuff that is kind of spoilery that I kind of want to jump on, <laughs> even in the even in the <laughs> name. Uh, but we'll get to that. So so take us on this journey here. Yeah. And to a certain extent, our spoiler free version of this is going to be spoiler free of what people didn't know going into the movie. But mm-hmm. a lot of what started for uh, the Batman ARG actually uh, popped up in August 2020 when that initial fan trailer, uh, when that initial trailer dropped for the fans, because one of the things they showed in the movie was um, someone receiving a birthday card with the message, what does a liar say when he's dead? Haven't a clue. Let's play a game. Just me and you. And then beneath that, if you pause at just the right time, you'll see these 11 characters written in a script that really feels like it was inspired by the Zodiac Killer. Oh, and um, that even feels, it's, it's pretty clearly inspired by, like this thing is dripping oh, yeah. with Zodiac. So, <laughs> well, it, and, and part of the, this isn't just dripping with Zodiac, this is dripping with the filmic adaptations of Zodiac because one of the things in the movie for the Zodiac that they stressed Um, is also drawing on the actual hunt for the Zodiac killer of one of the clues of how the uh, initial cipher was cracked was seeing double letters. And there's a rant in the Zodiac movie where they say, uh, what is the most common double letter sequence in the English language? It's double L's. And lo and behold, there is a double letter sequence in that birthday card message um, so that players are able to use that kind of meta hint to figure out that the answer to the question of what does a liar say when he's dead is he lies still. <laughs> so this is a pun game. Yes. <laughs> uh, but I, and this is not a spoiler spoiler. This is just saying the players solved the answer to the riddle before you get to see the answer to the riddle in that film. We just got the card, and from that, 
He Lies Still gave us a couple letters of this um, cipher. And the expectation was this, this this is a Batman movie. It's coming out in over a year. It's cute that they're giving us a couple of the letters, but that's it. We're not going to see anything more of um, any of the fun decoding stuff going on. And until December, 2021, that was true. Mm. But And and some uh, of that's also got to be because of just the movie kept getting pushed back because of pandemic. Right. So like the production delays, but I remember it was supposed to come out in October. I was very excited because I was like, ooh, Batman for birthday. And also, I think they were trying to deliberately take that spot that the Joaquin Phoenix Joker film had, which was an October slot, and that thing made a billion dollars, which still kind of boggles my mind that that thing made a billion dollars. So it makes sense that you know there might have been a next step, but everything got frozen for a very long time. Uh, as the movie got pushed back to March of this year, but they waited all the way to December to to kind of jump into the next phase. Yeah, well, and for that next phase, and this is actually my favorite part of the Batman ARG, is they really incorporated traditional advertising into their distribution of this game because the next narrative beat through this story was when the uh, movie standees went up for the Batman. At the very bottom of uh, that standee, were these additional characters in the script. And because we got a couple of those characters from the birthday card, some very savvy puzzle solvers were able to translate and see that the message on the Batman's movie standee poster was URL Rata Alada. At which point, um, the fact that this is an audio podcast makes that a, le- a lot easier for you listeners to hear <laughs> URL Rata Alada. Oh, maybe we should be going to RataAlada.com, but it was spelled out Y-O-U-A-R-E-L Rata Alada. So it had yeah. that double entendre of you are the flying you are rat. The flying yeah. rat. Which will, will, or you are a it. flying rat. Yeah. Or it's saying, no, please go to this website. And this is where we get to the formal structure of what happened for the next couple of weeks. Because if you took that next step and went to radalada.com, you'd get this message. um, You'd get the big uh, question mark, uh, like CRT screen look from the Riddler and the message saying, let's play a game, just uh, me and you. And you would be hit with a series of three riddles. Uh, One of them that they'd hit you with is, I can be easy or a dead end. Careful when you cross me. And that is, if you Google it now, you will find people talking about the answer to that. But at the time this game was happening, this wasn't a search-friendly riddle. You could find out, oh, it's a street. Mm. I can be easy or a dead end. Careful when you cross me. Uh, Once you go through that first gamut of three riddles, it unlocks another block of text in the Riddler's script. And then it would also give you a preview image, um, uh, just a kind of behind the scenes, ooh, here's a haunting uh, wanted uh, poster for the Batman to get a sense of what the new Batman looks like. And that pattern kind of repeated six times. If you would get a series of three riddles, And once you finish that, you get some teaser imagery on the back end, as well as a block of text in the Riddler's script, where each block of text in the Riddler's script would add additional letters so that you'd know more and more of the alphabet. 
Now, um, you said it repeated six times, and, and were those drops timed to something that was happening uh, server-side, as it were, or was it or was it something that the community was unlocking? No, it was purely server-side. It was purely, I have no idea why they selected the dates that they did. Uh, I just found out personally that there were new drops because people would comment on the uh, article that I wrote about it saying, hey, there's a new drop, please solve it. Um, (laughs) and this actually goes into one of the cuter things that they did with signal went up in the sky and you had to answer (laughs) Uh, again uh, this is a very self-aware game on that website where you're going through the Riddler uh, clues if you get something wrong the website will taunt you a little bit so it might go around and tell you um, (laughs) with answers like that no wonder Gotham suffers yeah, or uh, I may have gotten that close. <laughs> yeah, you're close, right on the uh, edge of the right answer. I'll give you another uh, shot. Even better, though, once you leave the tab, presumably to search for the answer, when you come back, it will taunt you for looking for answers elsewhere. <laughs> so this was a game that loved playing with how you would interact with a riddle site. But yeah, the, in general, the structure was very much based around that uh, structure of you get three riddles, you solve the riddles, and then you get the block of text in the Riddler's uh, script and the teaser image of three. Now, but there was me, one other... Oh, sorry, oh, go ahead. Oh, I just, I'm curious here because you traditionally, the kind of give and take between... And by traditionally, I mean like in, in the... In the in the classic era, in the golden age of, of, of the, of the movie promotional arg, um, there was this push and pull between the puzzle solvers and the creative team, basically with the creative teams always being kept on their toes by the community, pushing unlocks, pushing unlocks, pushing unlocks. Was anyone expressing any kind of frustration that these were server-side drops that were timed and the, the game kind of kept its own pace? Or have we left that era behind fully and everyone's used to it by now? Well, we're talking, I, I mean, I'm talking about stuff that's like as much as 20 years old, which is terrifying to think about, but nevertheless, it's true. Well, even with the expectations, if you go back to Why So Serious, with Why So Serious, a lot of those drops of there's a new thing to do was timed around the calendar Um, So that it would be, okay, we've got our Halloween drop, we've got our Valentine's Day drop, that there was really a strong kind of calendar man vibe to you're getting new information coming out. Um, And so to a certain extent, um, I was personally kind of frustrated not knowing when there was a new drop to happen so that just randomly my phone would start blowing up and I'm like, well, need to look into it again. But um, the fact that you need to have a trigger to unlock things um, is something that even going back as far as I love bees, where you'd have uh, a single day of the week was the update day, Mm. that um, that isn't a necessary element of it. Uh, This was something where going in, I think a lot of people expected more of a casual experience of solving with it where the first round of it was a very light experience that light experience continued through um but so I, things- do, I derailed i derailed us uh much like a muscle car smashing through <laughs> a tanker truck uh, after a centra uh but um so 
you were, you were going to head in a different direction before I asked about it. Yeah, well, uh, this actually ties in with that, where uh, what we did end up seeing is that for those people who are the more hardcore solvers, something weird was going on with those uh, preview images, mm. where each of the preview image had a different enciphered text that was giving, uh, as the file name, that was giving you a message. So the first one was um, uh, alphanumeric, I'm, I am not un. And then the next one, it was, um, they misspelled imposter, it was imposer. And when you put together those six different blocks of text, you get a final riddle that was, I'm not an imposer. Rearrange your jumbled perspective. Just do not break me. And this was very helpful because for that final pre-movie push, they dropped an encrypted zip file that you needed to know the password for. And all of those blocks of text we were getting along the way actually gave us that final riddle to unlock the zip file, which gave us a video file of uh, Thomas Wayne's mayoral run covered over with some graffiti from the, uh, the Riddler. But for that riddle that you needed to unlock it, I'm not an imposer, rearrange your jumbled perspective was saying, I'm not an imposer, so rearrange the word imposer to get the answer of something that means do not break me. And uh, funnily enough, imposer and promise are anagrams. So that's how you got that final password leading up to the movie. Uh, That's also terribly, terribly clever. Um, Well, now that we've reached up to the movie, and yes. seeing just how how devious Mr. Nashton could be, why don't we put the spoiler signal up in the sky? Um, because there's there is something really interesting about, and so we're in spoiler territory. So I think one of the fascinating things here is that while this is an origin story, and it does have kind of that, um, it's a it's a it's a mystery in sort of the vein of seven, right? There's a lot of Fincher in here, right? Zodiac seven in that there are, there are puzzles to be sorted out and a trail that a killer is leading everyone on, but the detectives aren't that good at their jobs. Like Batman is yet to be the world's greatest detective. In fact, (laughs) he gets razzed by someone during a sequence related to something we've already talked about, i.e., you know, the penguin uh, razzing him and Jim Gordon about uh, not being able to figure out El Rata, Rata, Lata, yeah. or yeah. Um, because there's about a good, I want to say 45 minutes of the movie where they're running off trying to find the stool pigeon because they have misinterpreted that clue because they, they, they're, they don't know Spanish well enough. <laughs> And they miss the URL. And it is, it in a shorter movie, <laughs> I would have been so tickled pink by that whole sequence, right? Like, you know, watching Batman Biff it can be a lot of fun. It, it, the length of the movie is, I was a little bit like, wait a second, we've, we've been doing this for 45 minutes. We were going down the wrong, like, I play video games like this. I do not like it when that happens to me in video games. So I guess you could say I was immersed in that moment by being really pissed off. But, but, Talk to us a little bit about about this given give and take between the the game and the movie. Like, 
how did that land for you? How did that moment land for you? Yeah, well, and I think part of the reason we're talking right now is I liked the alternate reality game as an alternate reality game. I loved Rada Lada as a conversation between ad campaign and movie because a lot of what we were seeing was very directly a conversation from what we experienced as players versus what you're seeing on the big screen. Uh, That goes up into the beginning of the movie where that same birthday card that opens up, this is one of the areas where Batman gets to be the greatest, uh, the great detective and just go, Oh, uh, it's a, he lies still. The answer is he lies still. Uh, It was Nice to see him quickly get that, but then to have the transition from there's this other block of text using the Zodiac Killer's language uh, for that, and now we've got a new puzzle and you get to see Alfred, the code breaker, going through and trying to decode the rest of the language. Um, At this point, Batman gets to come in again and be kind of the puzzling hero and say, what happens if you only use the letters from we- He Lies Still? And that was spelling out that phase of the answer. So to some extent, we get Batman, the What if the movie. code is complete? Yeah, you, you get the movie <laughs> showing you the puzzle-solving process of there are false starts. You get it wrong sometimes. But then you also have in very direct conversation, when we got up to that penguin rant of you idiot don't you know spanish el rata alada that was something that the players were really kind of grappling over is does this mean the batman because a flying rat could be describing a bat does this mean a stool pigeon are there other birds that this could be referring to all of those conies were things like a falcon (laughs) yeah yeah, all of those things were things that were kind of floating around And also to have that transition into the website, both was something that we were playing as an experience, but also transitions into it is in the movie really got me to start questioning what was our role as players in here? Were we stepping in as the Batman for that early phase or were we kind of stepping in as those people who would get recruited for the Riddler Hi based guys. on some of the language that was used? It's so great for you to be like watching us the entire time, you know, and really, it's really the community we made along the way. Like, yeah, those moments were, I did in fact, even though I hadn't actively played the game, like I'd mess around with the website. I did think of you guys when that happened. <laughs> yeah. No, and it was some of that very awkward positioning of thinking back and thinking, oh, Maybe we weren't experiencing this as if we were the Batman. Maybe we were experiencing this as people that the Riddler was trying to recruit. Yeah. Yeah. And that was interesting to me um, because it changed a lot of the dynamics of um, we did get one of the Riddler, uh, one of the riddles early on was going through and saying what's black and blue and dead all over. That's not the type of thing where Batman would necessarily turn through and say, oh, yes, what's black and blue and dead all over? Me. Yeah. And, yeah. and so that level of recontextualizing was interesting. Um, but I just thought that the way the movie approached puzzles and the way uh, for the scene um, with the bomb later in the movie, some of the riddles that were asked there were riddles that the players were asked as well. 
And so mm. it was that direct parallel of you actually, as a viewer, know the answers to this question because of what you did before. As an interplay between ad campaign, narrative, and game, do you feel like this represents uh, like a new plateau, a new, a new, a new summit here for what's been done? It clearly, it doesn't seem to be as robust or as in depth, and it doesn't necessarily have the splash of you know getting getting a cell phone inside of a cake, uh, but there there's something to the way you know i guess and and i think the big thing is like everyone's always wanted this stuff to pay off in the actual movies and then it never quite does did it feel like things finally paid off in the movie yeah well and i think this is a two-part answer because for the first part in terms of the in-movie experience i thought it really did pay off well of the promise of we are giving you teasers of things to come without spoiling it and it was an additive experience of going through this alternate reality game leading up to the film made it a better film for me as a viewer and mm. i think that in itself is something that really shows a lot of the potential of what happens when you really let your ad team and your film team talk together, work together, and make something special together. Um, Even to such an extent that um, one of the final spoilers of the movie is you get to come across the Joker. And for the alternate reality game, I had mentioned along the way, we kept getting more and more cipher letters of filling out the Riddler's alphabet. To this day, we have 25 out of the 26 letters identified. Mm. We don't have the letter J yet. And so the only thing left out of the campaign was the J, Um, which makes the final uh, beat of it even better because before I told you everything was based around you get three riddles You solve the riddles, things unlock. At the very end of the movie, for that um, uh, post-credits bumper, they very quickly flashed the URL radaalada.com. And the minute that happened, everything that happened before the movie premiered was erased from the website, and you got this loading bar that started on March 4th and took a week to load up to 100%. Oh, whoa. And once that loading bar completed, um, the site refreshed and you got this know what I know zip file that was all of um, the Riddler's surveillance uh, photos that he collected over the time, his personal journal, and one final bigger blast of kind of the behind the scenes uh, information. But it also included one final block of um, uh, ciphertext. And the ciphertext was that direct quote of the Joker saying, Gotham loves a comeback, with, in the background of that image, very faintly, ha, 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 over and over again, just blanketing the background. The, the, the classic, the classic t-shirt, <laughs> the classic yeah. Joker t-shirt, um, uh, the classic Brian Boland uh, image uh, that was walked around for the entire 90s by many a... Uh, many a, a young man of, of various sizes. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, now the one, ch- the, the one challenge with that is 
I don't actually know if this alternate reality game is over yet. I think it's over. It feels like they hit all their narrative beats. It feels like everything is wrapped up, but they still haven't given us the final letter. And I don't have that certainty of, okay, this is completed until they completed that cipher language that was such a big part of the experience. Now, is this something that's going to happen this week? Is this something that's going to happen with the DVD release? Is this something that's ever going to happen? I don't know. And to a certain extent, that is frustrating because they haven't landed a beat that made me think, okay, we're definitely done. But to a certain extent, that's kind of cool of it hasn't fully felt like it's ended and we don't know if anything's going to change with that. Well, and this is part of, you know, the goal here of this movie was to reestablish an independent Batman movie franchise. And tonally, it was it was in a lot of dialogue with the Chris Nolan films. Uh, it's It's got kind of a rire, like the Nolan films had a, a clear sense of humor uh, that was very dry. Uh, and expressed and this one has like a really off kilter sense of humor like you you can miss it a lot of people are in fact missing the humor in the film but it's it's just there particularly if you're a comic book person you can read it you know there's just these weird moments that are like is this supposed to be funny and it's like oh yeah no that's completely supposed to be funny uh you know macabre it's a macabre sense of humor is what it comes down to jokes like thumb drive um and, and I love that moment. Yeah. And beats like, you know, the penguin waddling, you know, where it's just like, these are, they're, they're sort of throwaway and they're, they're not drawn attention to. I've seen some people express dismay that like the movie doesn't let you know they can be funny. And I'm kind of like, yeah, like it's not going to do the Marvel rim shot. You know, the humor is not driven by a bunch of quips and one liners. It's going to be weirder than that because Batman's weirder than that. Yeah, and I think a lot of the positioning for the movie and why I love it so much is it's in between in so many ways. That Mm -hmm. this is the most detective-y version of Batman we've gotten to see. But as you mentioned, he's not the greatest or even a great detective yet. He's just a rich white guy with a lot of fancy toys who sometimes is able to solve a puzzle. Uh, That... In terms of weirdo, you know, like in terms of the positioning of the arc of the story, um, a lot of where he stands with these other classic villains that were introduced is he's there, but he's not the fixture yet. And uh, I think one of the challenges for me is this particular Batman saga goes on is I love this in-between nature of Batman and I'm kind of afraid that I'm going to like the series less as they take away those rough edges for him because that was what made this the most human Batman to me. Well, what's interesting about the approach they're going for is they're, they were deep in development on a, a HBO max series for Colin Farrell's penguin. They apparently, they they had been deep in development on a GCPD uh, show also for HBO Max. That from what I've read, that's been abandoned and they're pivoting to Arkham Asylum instead. Which I'm a little like, okay, <laughs> what are you going to do here? And and there's very much a way in which the movie itself already, you know, at its three hour length, you know, in its almost like four or five act structure, 
feels more like a miniseries than it does like a, a motion picture, but uh, or a feature film. But you know, there's no way you were going to get that budget, at least not. You know, when they set out on this, the Mandalorian hadn't happened yet. Like I'm, I'm, I'm really curious if we're entering into a phase where even even all the stuff that has been the major temple films just becomes these long form, really high budget miniseries. And, you know, what is a major temple? Uh, uh, no, are you still there? You, uh, I lost you for a second. In order to justify a theatrical release at this point. Is it length? Is it, is it going to be these big crossovers or is it going to be something that's just, you know, pivotal in this long form story world they're building? Because, there's there's very much a possibility here that we're going to wind up with two television series and that they're leaving that puzzle open because they want to follow up on it in either the penguin show or the Arkham Asylum show and they just know they can hook everyone who's doing the puzzles back in and get the excitement going again when it's time and that's something that streamers are always having to think about you know uh to get attention back into into these franchises that disappear for a while. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of the potential of alternate reality games that you don't see due to just the realities of production is being something that can exist to fill in those gaps and bridge between properties, bridge between seasons, bridge between movies, because it is something that lets you divert yourself off on side stories that it lets you really dive in with particular characters, both main characters and side characters, and uh, really give fans something to latch on to that isn't essential viewing, but still, as I had mentioned earlier, is that additive content of you feel like you got a bigger picture, a bigger experience. And especially as you're moving into DC, playing around with more of that, what does it look like to have an interconnected DC version of the MCU. Um, that's something where the MCU is wonderful. I love it. It mainly focuses on the properties itself. It doesn't do as much effort to fill in those blanks through this type of initiative. And if DC goes all in on it, that's going to be um, a different take on what it looks like to tell that type of story. Yeah. Well, and they're, they're even, what's particularly interesting here is, you know, they've, Warner Brothers has gotten, well, you know, Warner's, which is about to become part of Discovery, right? You know, Warner's, which yeah. gets the the studio that gets thrown around to a different conglomerate every five years, right? Poor Warner's. Um, the the Bat franchise being separate from even like the the DC extended universe, as they were calling it, or as the fans were calling it, um, it, it is such a radically different approach to, to what. Marvel has done where everything, absolutely everything has to be connected all over the place uh, to the degree in which the ironic sacred timeline uh, joke in Loki was then adopted by the fans as something serious. <laughs> there is a sacred <laughs> timeline and it's like, uh, did you, but never underestimate a Marvel zombie for missing the point. Uh, oh, did I just say that? Oh, I did. Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. I'm ready to fight you, uh, and have been since 1989. Um, but uh, the old, the old rivalries. Uh, but yeah, you've you've got this standalone 
Batman, you had that Joker movie, which made a lot of money, but which cannot connect to anything else. And then the original plan for this year was going to have the Flash movie, which was going to have two other actors in the Batman suit, um, which in some ways mirrors what just happened in Marvel with, with uh, you know, sorry, spoilers for Far From Home, but if, uh, or No Way Home or Too Many Homes. Uh, Spider-Man, Too Many Homes. That's actually the next one uh, to me. It's about the fact that he's got, anyway. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Um yeah, I mean, as long a- as long as long as we can get some more uh, Will Arnett as Batman, I'm going to be blissful. <laughs> yeah, well, I think I, I do hope that's in the works. Um, and that is that's also that's the that is some of the fun here is, is still with that character is like he does manage to take on so many different incarnations. Um, yeah, what even. Um, uh, one of the things that DC has been doing with the online comics game is they started publishing a Bat Family comic uh, on Webtoons mm-hmm. that is just the most adorable take on Bruce Wayne as father figure you will ever get because it's focusing on not the missions, but the family relations of this weird messed up family he's gathered over the years. That reminds me that I need to like reopen webtoons because it's been a couple of months since I've looked at those. And yeah, it's true. It's like it's it is a, a tacit acknowledgement of how deep the bench on these characters are. Which, as someone who is a massive Batman fan and is kind of really d- vibes with the Bat family as a thing, which I think a lot of the writers do of the comics do as well. At least some of them do. At least, uh, particularly those of a, of a certain age. Um, the fact that the main, you know, the films don't usually go that way at all is a tad frustrating for us because we get Batman the loner on the major motion pictures, but like all the filmmakers seem to be allergic to the idea of, of doing anything with Robin, which would then open the door to Nightwing and Batgirl. And I guess we're getting a Batgirl HBO max movie or maybe it's even going to become like a feature release and they seem to be waffling on on what's just a max film and what's a feature release um but we're getting this expanded character roster and there's there's a lot there's a lot there you know if james gunn can make star of the conqueror work you know why not ace the bat hound um <laughs> which yeah, i guess well, we're getting I- super friends cartoon the super pets cartoon so yeah i guess we're getting we're getting we're giving uh oh my god oh god who's 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 voicing oh man man i'm blanking i have his face but not his name it's uh kevin uh uh the comedian anyway but yeah i I think uh it's gonna hit me in five seconds one of the things "Ah." that one of the things that really is fascinating about this space is that for the films in particular there's been such an obsession about the villains and, oh, can we highlight the villains? Um, Batman, for all of the properties, does one of its best jobs at pulling together that found family trope. And I would absolutely love it if they completely phoned in a movie and said, you know what? Condiment King is our man for this movie. And we're, we're going to have everybody walk around Condiment um, uh, King. But the focus of this is on the family and then the, the villains there. Sure. Fine. You, 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 you have the bad guy, but it gets to be a little bit uh, cuter. Solomon Grundy would another be another one who could be the right way 
really cute for just somebody who by nature is kind of one note to let the family side of things sing a little bit more. Yeah. And I suppose and it's Kevin Hart who's, who's voicing East the Bat Hound in the Super Pets okay. uh, movie that Dwayne The Rock Johnson is voicing Crypto. And um, uh, Keanu Reeves is voicing Batman in that one. So we get it. We get Keanu as Batman. Uh, oh, that's at, a good mix. Last. Yeah, it's a good mix. It's a really good mix. Keanu, Keanu has a good Batman voice too. Um, I guess that's the thing, right? Is like, we, if you take the totality of DC's media output, you get something that's that's kind of like on the Marvel side, you have Into the Spider Verse with which is a Sony produced thing, which is like the, the best piece of animation we've had it come out of the United States in like decades. So they aim very very high, uh, but there isn't necessarily the the backbench on the the secondary Marvel properties for a very long time. Uh, was was not nearly as rich as what was going on in DC. So I don't know. It's as a nerd, it's like the best time ever to just we're just awash in it constantly, you know, whatever flavor you want of it. Um, and and hopefully, as everyone embraces the idea of the multiverse, then people will like calm down about like the one true anything and just realize, you know, there's there's a version of this for everybody. Um, so what I'm getting from you right now is you are accepting of both versions of Teen Titans. They are both equally valid in your eyes. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, actually. Yeah. It, it, it's true. Although, you know, my, my heart really belongs to Young Justice. So like, like people can have their Teen Titans and their Teen Titans go. That's totally cool. Like what I care about is Young Justice. So which has got some of the best versions of these characters yeah. that have ever existed hands down oh, I, I i'm one of those horrible people i didn't get the dc subscription so i still haven't seen the new young justice uh, material despite absolutely loving it the first time around um there's if if you have the hbo access hbo max it's all on there now mm-hmm. uh i do warn you that the last like season and a half this this past half season they've done um the la- the season before this like comes down to this when they made the transition, this is weird. The transition from the DC universe app to HBO max actually meant that the animation quality went down. (laughs) And this year, like the first arc was, was kind of wild because they decided to do the first arc on Mars and the writing was amazing, but you could also tell they decided to do the first arc on Mars because that means they didn't have to animate all the characters lip flap (laughs) because everyone was just thinking (laughs) at each other. So you didn't have to animate the mouth. It is they're, they're, they, they, it is so clear that they are saving every dollar they can on animation uh, to try and keep the quality looking good. But we're getting, we're, it's like 21st century Cave Carson sometimes. <laughs> You're just like, just, just put a person's mouth in there, man. Duh. You probably didn't know that I was like this much of a DC nerd. <laughs> You know, from listening to prior episodes, it's kind of possible to pick up on on it every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> Just every now and then, but not to this depth, I don't think. Um, yeah, uh, this stuff this stuff matters greatly to me in a, in a really weird way. Um, uh, we'll be back around to stuff because this is clearly not going to be a special episode now because we've been at it for forty two minutes. So, like, this won't be a segment. <laughs> um, let's put big warnings uh, <laughs> to get back into immersive land and, and ARG. Do you have a sense of how wide 
this this was adopted like did it did it find did the ARG find a, a a big enough audience to sort of move the needle where tiktokers talking about it and when i said talking i meant t-o-k not t-a-l so i just don't <laughs> want to be clear And part of that is um, the internet space has diversified enough that it's getting much harder to say, yes, this found its pace. Mm -hmm. There were some very big TikToks that hit into the millions of views talking about this, that for um, at least on my site's traffic, it was very well received. And uh, the big thing, particularly for the Marvel DCU spaces is yes, some of the big channels like New Rockstars has a wonderful video breaking down a lot of this process and doing a much better job of writing down what the script looked like than I ever did. Hmm. So in terms of inserting itself into those areas where it could be seen, it did a marvelous job, pun intended. Uh, But it's something where based on the nature of it, of the act of engaging with it, was kind of on the lighter side of things. This is probably an experience that had much more people aware of it and seeing, oh, that sounds kind of cool than directly participating in it. Pivoting away from this one, keeping into the ARG wheelhouse, what's, what are the, the hot ARGs right now out there on the streets? The filthy uh, so- streets of Gotham. <laughs> so- the, the alternate reality game going on right now that fascinates me the most is uh, there's this guy named Alex Bale. And on his YouTube channel for the past year plus, he's been doing a series of SpongeBob SquarePants theories. <laughs> God. All right. Keep and that. each of these videos is like this 20 plus minute video doing a very legitimate, this is a SpongeBob theory that I have. But interweaved across this he's telling this story about his frustration as a creator getting pigeonholed into the one thing that he got popular uh with and so in this story of he eventually replaces his name as alex bale and just starts calling himself in the credits as this uh the spongebob guy he introduces this massive hunk of pulsating meat that's kind of controlling him and acting like an evil muse the people following the arg part of this is referring to it actually as the muse arg but he's doing a fascinating commentary on what it means to be an online creator in a time when if you want to be successful you're going to get hyper typecast and you're probably going to be hating that and you're probably going to be wishing you were doing other things mm. uh, but it's a really cool story where again 90 percent of the com- content is very much straight up Alex Bale doing SpongeBob theories. And he's putting in all that effort in this space to have the meta story. I'm going to regret it. SpongeBob theories in, in, in what sense, like theories of, of what the real story underneath the episodes are or like, uh, or just, uh, just completely what, like we're talking, are we talking like, you know, the Pixar cars, like where all the people type, theories or or a little it, everything it, it ranges so uh one of his big theories was explicitly going into the question of um why is everybody capable of talking and why are there some fish that can't talk and then mm-hmm. it goes into some of the crazier theories where he's got this robot invasion theory where slowly all of the people on the cast are being 
replaced by a robot. It's a it's a really well researched, really decently well supported theory that you can tell he's going off the deep end, but he's going off the deep end in directions that are still fun and kind of acceptable. But are they still yeah, no, SpongeBob's. Uh, they are still not just making SpongeBob's. They have a spinoff SpongeBob series. Um, but it's like the Simpsons at this point. It's been on forever. But one one of the things that's also getting fun with the SpongeBob alternate reality game is he isn't just telling the story through his SpongeBob channel. He's introducing other people who are going through similar experiences. So this one might have actually uh, hit your radar because it started resonating where there's a YouTuber named The Cynical Critic who went around and just was saying, these are horrible movies for universally beloved movies. So he's going through Dark Knight. This is why Dark Knight is the worst movie ever. He's um, going over... Someone um, someone doing Armand White cosplay. Awesome. Yeah, but he's just absolutely going that negative side of what does it mean to be a YouTube reviewer? And then you find out he's got his own muse that is kind of controlling him. (laughs) And there's stuff that he wants to be doing that he can't be doing because of this control. Um, But even with that, he's playing with some of the models where um, the cynical critic, the character posted his YouTube videos to Reddit And then the cynical critic, the Reddit account, replied to his own thread thinking that he was using a burner account so that not only were people mocking the cynical critic's bad takes, they were also mocking the fact that he's doing kind of this stealth promotion that was actually intentional. And um, so a lot of what Alex has been doing has really been working on that meta side of things where uh, for the Super Bowl, he got a bunch of his friends to go on Reddit for the uh, alternate reality game uh, subreddit and start saying, hey, um, did you see the regional Super Bowl commercial for the new um, Cloverfield spinoff movie? And this Cloverfield spinoff movie was a full-on ARG that also tied back into his property. He's got a literal tin foil hat conspiracy guy as a character, and all of these are things that exist on their own but start merging into the center of the story once you delve a little deeper. But that through line through all of these is kind of, let me show you the darker side of creation and why sometimes being popular isn't always great played through with a physical manifestation of that urge to just chase the dollar, chase the view. Well, and there's also thing, the thing that struck me years ago and, and was just that particularly on the tubes, everything's like derivative, you know, like the culture of, critics and theories and all this stuff and it's huge and it's massive and you look at say like you know i'll get what drives me nuts and classic noah like stumbling into the the, the statement like what will drive me nuts i'll open up youtube and i'll be looking for say the kenobi trailer and i'll get 
five things that are not the Kenobi trailer before the official Kenobi trailer. Or maybe I'll get like the IGN version of the Kenobi trailer. And like me, good little drone, I want to click the official one because I know that they're aggregating all the numbers, but I want to click the official one. And also I probably don't want to watch any ads, you know, if I can avoid it. And like it's it it boggles my mind, except it doesn't, that you have folks who are you know, you had folks for a while like PewDiePie and like he's he's fallen in terms of, you know, I think he's even around, I don't even know. But like on the one hand, he could like make or break a game and Five Nights at Freddy's I don't think would be nearly as big if you didn't have all those PewDiePie React videos. But there were plenty of games where he was making way more than the game makers were ever going to make. And, uh, and that that was what was driving video game culture for a hot minute there and sort of still does in the form of Twitch um, boggles my mind. And I know it's kind of odd for two people who are in a very niche corner of, of, of arts entertainment to be for one of them to be saying that, but like, I, you know, I can say like as much as I like, I, I almost make a living doing this, but not really. And, you know, we're not, we're not, we're not eclipsing anybody who like makes the kind of stuff we make in terms of like how much we're pulling down. But this, this idea that the heart of the culture is actually a derivatives culture. Um, and to some degree, it's always, the conversation's always been that way. That's, that's been the way things have worked, but to have numbers attached to it and to see it and to see it so clearly always made me kind of freak out a little bit about it. Um, and to to see people kind of building elaborate story worlds based on this ecosystem that is really at the at still dependent upon something like a SpongeBob to exist is fascinating to me. Yeah, I don't, well, know, if I, I don't know if I enjoy it. I don't know if I, I drive <laughs> enjoyment from it, other than like academically. Like I like I need my entertainment to be a lot more visceral. Like I like to be down in the metal, you know. Um, but I am fascinated by it. Yeah, well, and what I've been loving about how it's been playing out is, again, because those SpongeBob videos as SpongeBob videos has, have become very popular, there is an ecosystem evolving of people reacting to the SpongeBob videos. Turtles all the way. And additional people going through and making their own theories and mimicking the styles so that this is this isn't this is an entertainment property that is very much um, a commentary on the space that it sits in while also being an example of what it's doing at the same time. Yeah. That, um, if you just want to go to the series for the SpongeBob videos, you may get slightly confused by a one to three minute segment in a couple of the videos and get a little bit confused when you see a um, sponsored ad for a meat company that is a really kind of creepy meat company. But other than that, you've got great SpongeBob theories that you can go off of. And if you want to dive a little deeper and figure out, oh, there's this whole other layer going on there, you can. Gotta love it. Michael, always a delight. Um, like we should, we should, do this monthly just just because <laughs> like we should oh because okay so so the cha- so challenge time we should do this monthly you and i have both 
for reasons we will not get into right here, but I think will be part of what we do when we do it, have not seen David Fincher's The Game. That is very sadly correct, yes. Even though both of us are like maybe the, the number one people who should have seen The Game. So the challenge to us is we watch The Game and then hot off watching it. Like literally we'll pick the same day or night boom, go right into a recording session after we watch the game. So we'll watch the movie and then record. And maybe maybe we'll even like pop it in the Discord or something like that. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of hitting you almost unexpectedly with this because a little bit of Twittering uh, about it. But would you be down to do that? I would be down to do that. And uh, from what I remember of the Twittering, there's a bunch of people who have more information about that that have wonderful success, um, uh, that have wonderful suggestions on how we could make this even more messed up for ourselves. I don't know if I want to make it more messed up for ourselves. Other than <laughs> I, I just want to, I want to almost like, I want it to be as pure as we can, just like pure react. Um, but I guess we'll, we can look at the thing and see if there's something. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if I necessarily, because. I understand there are things where people like live stream people watching movies. I also understand that's how people get their Twitch accounts <laughs> destroyed. So I'm like, we don't even have one. I don't want. I don't want. I don't want someone to like put the grand opening, grand closing GIF as as their reactions to something we did. <laughs> but not not when I actually think um, our raw our raw reaction uh, after the immediately after the fact to the game could be really useful. Right. But it, it is in my queue right now. It's like it's like towards the top of my watch queue, so let's let's find some time to do this, like in April, and then and then record. It sounds pretty darn fun. Hell yeah! All right, so uh, that's been that's been this uh, after dark segment, and we'll uh, we'll do this again very very soon. I would love that. <laughs>